0: As we continue in the mode of uh, National Football League uh, getting ready, uh, it wasn't the real deal uh, last night, but uh, your New York Giants, A.J., looked pretty good against those uh, Bucks.
1: Yep, not long ago, actually. But, you know, it is preseason. I mean, how can I – I can't just, you know, brag about a win. I mean, let's, uh, no, but, <laughs> let's but, be honest. Daniel was- Jones didn't look all that great in that uh, – first quarter but uh, overall yeah it's nice it's a w right it's a w
0: we're gonna be heading out to canton ohio the uh, pro football hall of fame and uh, one of our experts is yep. out there at a convention
1: we got uh ryan kramer sean green's partner of course who's been joining the show sports gambling podcast how you doing man Doing great.
2: Yeah, like you mentioned, I'm out here in beautiful Canton, Ohio, getting ready to hang out with some, uh, some fantasy football folks and uh, check out the the National Football League Hall of Fame.
1: No, wow. great. Have a great trip. That's, that sounds like a lot of fun, actually, no doubt about it. Um, and uh, obviously just coming off a great uh, Hall of Fame uh, ceremony, seeing some greats uh, get into uh, Canton. It was a, a lot of fun. Actually, before we get into a little fantasy talk with you, um, as you are a guru. And anything that really comes to mind for you, um, Ryan, when it comes to the Hall of Fame as far as uh, this year's inductees?
2: Uh, I mean, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is the fact that those great inductees are going to be sharing the same field as me. I'll be out there tomorrow <laughs> competing in a quarterback competition. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, honestly, uh, any chance. Uh, we get to celebrate the Hall of Fame, uh, the, the inductees. I, I certainly think uh, – I mean, I, I guess I would ask – I would I would flip this back around because I always find, like, for me as a Giants fan, oh. the most rewarding years have been when I get to see my New York football Giants standing oh. up in front of me. So I, I guess flipping it around, like, who are you guys most excited for this year?
1: Well, it's really funny you bring that up because we're both Giants fans. I don't even know how you share a studio – with Sean as he's an Eagles fan what's oh. going on there man
2: it's uh you know it's a working relationship <laughs> uh, I do think that uh it it's been it's been a tough I mean we've we've been a show since two thousand and eleven so yeah catching yeah. the very tail end of our uh glory years into maybe the worst stretch of football the New york New York football Giants have seen and and to add to it right the Eagles right. caught a championship five years ago nothing worse so yeah I mean I have to keep the, the nose plugged, but uh, head down, keep to the grind. We're still talking football.
0: There you go. I've been a Los Angeles Rams fan since 1955 as my next-door neighbor was one Crazy Legs, Elroy Hirsch.
2: Just coming back to you guys asking me who I was who was excited to see in terms of the class, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't, I mean, Dick Vermeil. Yeah, guys, sure. a walking sound drop, and then you know. As far as someone who gave some battles to my New York Giants, Richard Seymour, oh, yeah. all timer patriot, um, and yeah, but yeah, i mean, kind of all in all kind of a, a less uh, exciting class from like the stars and stripes.
1: Yeah, no, a little for bit certain. more of
2: the interior, the coaches, the pass rush, the, the, the nitty gritty of the NFL. You know,
1: totally understand and agree. Um, I want to put you on the spot here. You know, as I've been playing fantasy for a little over a decade. I'm kind of what you call an addict, but I would not consider myself... The greatest expert, although I have had some championships under my belt, but at the end of the day.
0: Your 12 year old son does pretty I, well.
1: I'm always, exactly. I'm always looking for that Ed. Guys who play, compete year after year, who actually know more than me, which is great. There's a lot of guys like that, including yourself. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Got some uh, questions that are totally like in your face, and then some where, you know, honestly, Looking for some serious guidance, but uh, first things first, let's have some fun taking uh, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes completely off the table in your top five category for quarterbacks. Who would the other three be that we should all be looking for?
2: I mean, I can tell you first off, my number one guy, Lamar Jack, coming into a season, he's put on weight. Uh, This is a Baltimore Ravens team who went out, they fired Wink Martindale, they they signaled to the entire team, we are going to get less aggressive on defense because we're going to get back to our roots running the football on offense. I think Greg Roman's going to get back to his kind of core of what made him uh, successful everywhere he's been, and honestly... Lamar saw his best passing year, 36 passing touchdowns, two years ago when they were really slamming it uh, down the hole. Uh, We expect J.K. Dobbins to be healthy. I think that's going to help Lamar. So, yeah, Lamar would be my number one guy actually ahead of those guys that you mentioned. After that, it's hard to look past uh, Justin Herbert. It's really, really, really hard for me to look past Justin Herbert because he does everything – that these other guys have done he's just doing it earlier mm. and he's got the talent around him he's in a division that's going to create lots of shootouts which obviously we like from a, a fantasy perspective and, and i'll throw a little bit of a curveball because i think the number five spot there's some debate some guys like kyler some guys like jalen hurt some guys right. even like trey lance i was in i was drafting fantasy teams for 24 hours uh, a couple days ago mm. and trey lance just kept going before patrick mahomes which is just Let's not get too cute, guys. Patrick yeah, Mahomes geez. is still a stud. But for me, I'll throw Kyler in there. I think Kyler has the absolute uh, option. He, he has the best case to me of a guy who's clearly being drafted outside of the top three, outside of the top four, mm. to go nuclear and be the guy. We saw how good they were last year. People forget. They started off 7-0. and Kyler looked amazing before he injured that shoulder. So, as far as a run pass option, I'm not getting that scared off the hey, he signed a contract, maybe he's not going to run as much. Because for him, running is how he stays healthy. Running is how he stays away from taking those big hits. So, to me, you add that with the combination of him getting teamed back up with college teammate uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown from the Baltimore Ravens, I think there's going to be a lot of freestyle opportunities. So, not scared off from the DeAndre Hopkins suspension news. And honestly, just thinking – this is a team that can very much have a great offense and a not-so-great defense, great formula for fantasy football.
1: Wow. Let's take it a deep. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's going head-to-head against your Los Angeles Rams, Pop. Mm. The Arizona Cardinals giving them a run for their money this season. You know, it's interesting that you talked about Trey Lance really quick and how people are taking him so early. For me, I feel like it's still knowledge that I don't have yet. Like, I, you know, the question marks are still there for Trey Lance. Certainly there's a lot of talent, but, you know, I'm still waiting to actually, you know, see, see it with my own eyes. It's really hard to, you know, just hope for the best because you just, you know, you think that he can produce and I'm sure he can. But at the end of the day, I'm like one of those old school souls that, you know, show me the money, you know, show me the, you know, what he can do. And perhaps uh, I'll feel a little bit more. Uh, comfortable with that pick but yeah I'll go with uh, Kyler at number five now I'm something that really came to fruition the other day I was talking to one of my buddies and we were talking about how when you move to a new team you see a guy a new player even let's say a quarterback they get to a brand new team whether it's from a trade any kind of sort of transaction and for some reason it like brings the spirits up of that team. It's like they've got a a new look on life ahead. Is that what we're going to see with Russell Wilson? You know, he's going to a brand new team. I mean, it looks like everyone is just getting it. Like, they're just, they're they're loving everything about it. They're getting along. I don't know. I just, I feel like this could be a good year for the Broncos.
2: Yeah, no, I think, I think you have to be careful with, ready-made fix right Mm. we've seen denver do it before so i think the public in general is going to be higher on russell wilson although i do think people have forgotten how good he was i think there is this kind of undertone of russ might be done russ might be cooked uh uh, pun intended and i think i think the the opposite is probably true i think he he really got banged up last year i think that hand injury you look at the numbers he clearly had a lull when he came back too early from that hand injury And he's also leaving a situation where he is going from one of the more run friendly coaches in the history of modern, the national football league and Pete Carroll to a situation where we believe Hackett and this, this, this Packers based offensive scheme is really going to allow Russ to thrive with the RPOs with those deep targets down the field, hitting Judy, hitting Sutton. Uh, So I'm actually quite excited even for KJ Hamler, I think for for me, when I look at that division, as much as I love the Chiefs and and as much as I love uh, the Chargers, who seem to find a way to screw it up every year, I'm definitely going to be looking at the quarterback. For value perspective, Russ Wilson is going round after these quarterbacks we mentioned earlier. So it definitely allows you to create a different build. And I think one of the more popular things I'm seeing in best ball, which is kind of like a, a type of fantasy where you don't have to set your lineup, you just get an optimal lineup. I'm seeing a lot of people uh, just straight up able to take Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Russell Wilson on the same team and hopefully cash in on that. But I certainly will not be the guy passing on Russ Wilson this year because, boy, is there a, is there a more fun quarterback to root for when things are going well?
0: No, you're right. How about the psychedelic kid up in Green Bay, Wisconsin?
2: <laughs> I, you know what? As a as a, a member of the community, that is not going to hate him for talking about how he got his mind right yeah. using <laughs> a little psychedelic. Yeah. Look, I I love the the narrative of, of him, him being in a proverbial proverbial uh, fu mode. He's going to be angry. He yeah. just lost his Hall of Fame wide receiver. I think he might want to prove something to the world. So. I know a lot of people are getting cute and finding ways to pick uh, Detroit, restore the roar, or even the Minnesota Vikings to take down that division. Uh, I think that's foolish. I, I actually, what's funny to me is that where we've gotten to a point where Aaron Rodgers is actually being drafted outside the top 12 quarterbacks. So, mm. if you're playing in a standard fantasy league, you can literally wait till the end to take Aaron Rodgers. So, it, it certainly is, a, is an interesting time to be alive. People focus so much on those running quarterbacks, and they They've kind of forgotten about the Tom Brady's, the Aaron yeah. Rodgers, the Matthew Stafford's of the world, right. who can still throw for five thousand
1: yards. Hmm. Yeah, no, no, good, great point there. We're talking to Ryan Kramer of uh, the Sports Gambling Podcast. Uh, moving right along here, and I, I've got a, an interesting question. Someone, I think you could maybe shed some light on. Um, you know, as far as ADPs are concerned, you know how how much should we really depend on them? Especially these days, I, I just feel like a lot of guys are going earlier than maybe they should in drafts that I've seen.
2: This is the way I would like to explain it. And I think really the exercise is as fantasy football becomes more of a year long sport, uh, with the emergence of best ball and things like that, you can really kind of get into the marketplace early and start to see where people are thinking about players. Now, the way I describe ADP, it's just, it's consensus thought. And so to me, you think about like, say something like the NFL draft, think about what consensus thought about the draft, even a couple of days before the draft, it was quite wrong. It was quite volatile. And so I think fantasy football is very similar, right? We're going off of clips of highlight reps and, uh, you know, clips of meaningless preseason games to determine, oh, Traylon Burks is trash or, you know, Jordan Davis is going to be amazing. Look what he did to that offensive lineman. And so I, I think for me, the ADP is nothing more than what the consensus thinks. And I think we're in such a, a world of analytics and smart people. Smart people will always have a hard time producing a really contrarian opinion because it, it's hard to take a piece of outlying data and say this is this is the real data, not the, the bulk of the curve, as as the data scientists would say. So. For me, I would say use ADP as a tool of where a guy might get drafted, but don't let ADP influence your opinion. Too often people say, oh, I can't take him yet his ADP isn't for a couple of
1: rounds.
2: Uh-huh. Listen, I learned one thing. When I started doing the high-stakes stuff in Vegas, people take whoever they want to take. And so you have to kind of res- like take those shackles off your mind of being you know, led by the hive mind and instead say, okay, I see... I see Lamar Jackson's a fourth round ADP. That means I'm going to have to snag him in early fourth round, right? Like I might have to reach on a guy. That's how I use ADP. Inform who I have to reach on, inform who I can wait on. And really it kind of helps me understand like, why is Trey Lance being drafted in the same position as Jalen Hurts? One guy is a clear starter with history. One guy, we, to your point, we haven't even really seen a guy thrown a live rep. So uh, yeah, back to the the original question. I think ADP is a great measurement tool, but I, I like to throw it completely out the window because sometimes you just got to go get your guy.
0: Yeah. So uh, we'd be remiss without mentioning the Dallas Cowboys and uh, our neighbor right up the street here, Dak Prescott and Jerry Jones. What about the uh, Dallas Cowboys?
2: Oh well, the subjective fan in me tries to avoid ever taking a cowboy uh, at at this very fantasy convention last year. We were laughed off of a panel for telling people that Zeke Elliott is not within our top 25 running backs. Uh, I think think the guy that I can get excited about if I was trying to put the objective hat on is purely CeeDee Lamb. Because there's a case to be made that it's CeeDee Lamb and a bunch of relative scrub receivers. And CeeDee Lamb is going to see a tremendous amount of opportunity. We know that the only way to get to a a CeeDee Lamb-like season, or even like a Deontay Johnson-type season with 169 targets, the only way to get there is to get a ton of volume, right. 10, 11, 12, 13, target the game. So I think C.D. Lamb would be the guy I would target. I, I think that the Cowboys are a puzzling team this offseason, though, because, you know, switching gears into gambling, it's interesting to me when you see a team that is uh, predicted to win 10 games, favorited to, to, to win the division, and yet you see that their coach is the third favorite to be fired first. I think there's going to be some volatility in the Cowboys season. I think it could be a bad defense with a decent offense. So, for that reason, uh, my my Cowboys hot take would be CeeDee Lamb could be our number one fantasy wide receiver this year.
1: Mm. Wow. Over the years, I've always found great success later in drafts, and sometimes it, you got to do it early, and – What I'm kind of getting to is the fact that, uh, you know, I've become one of those guys who likes to handcuff. And so, you know, a lot of guys do it. Some guys don't. You know, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. What's your take on handcuffing your star players?
2: I I think handcuffing a wide receiver is very difficult. I think there's not many situations where, you know, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, General uh, Chase might be a bad example, but those guys go down. Someone doesn't just work, walk into that workload. Right. Whereas running backs, absolutely, right? Like we we know the case of like Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's awesome. He gets all the carries. He gets hurt. Alexander Madison comes in. He gets all the carries. So if you're investing a first-round pick on someone like Dalvin Cook, do I recommend coming back in the 10th or 11th round and taking an Alexander Madison? Absolutely. Because then what you've done is you've locked up a bell a bell cow back for the entire season, almost regardless of what happens. Do I recommend doing the same with a guy like Austin Eckler and Isaiah Spiller? I say Again, similar draft equity. A first-rounder and maybe a 10th or an 11th-rounder. I think it gets fuzzier with some of the other teams that have bell cows. Derrick Henry, we've never really found a guy who comes in and takes that whole workload. Maybe because Derrick Henry is just a freak. Right. Uh, Najee Harris, again, similar. I don't, I don't know if I trust that Benny Snell is going to be the guy to come in and get all those carries. So I might avoid... Uh, I might avoid the handcuff in some cases. Now there are some very unique situations this year with a more premium handcuff, something like Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon again, I actually think Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon could start for a fantasy team side by side this year. So if you're willing to spend a second rounder on Aaron Jones and a sixth or seventh rounder on A.J. Dillon, I also co-sign that. I think it's all about identifying which teams are going to commit to the run, which teams are going to commit to that approach that you know you're going to get points out of these guys. Uh, With the Green Bay example, I think I trust that A.J. Dillon is going to be their bell cow running back, like old school, get the carries, get the goal line work. But I also think that Aaron Jones, that he has a tremendous amount of targets as he averaged over 10 points in PPR formats more when Devontae Adams was no longer in the game. So uh, I certainly think that st- stacking you need to do in some cases. I think, like I said, if you take Austin Eckler, you take Dalvin Cook, you take uh, you're spending, even Christian McCaffrey, right? You're spending it all the way at the top of your draft. You have to take a little insurance because if you lose that guy, you might have just lost your your, your league. Whereas if you handcuff them, you have that insurance. You still might not win, yeah. but you're just not going to create it to the bottom.
1: You know, you, you, we have a few minutes left here. Uh, and I, you're on the road, so I don't want to take too much of your time. But I, I do want to ask you a, just a couple things that will just have fun before you leave. But you brought up Christian McCaffrey, and this has been uh, a very difficult situation or um, uh, decision for so many players that are going through drafts right now. Um, because, you know, I don't know how, just uh, maybe a a couple years ago, he was the guy. We we try to convince ourselves he's still the guy, um, arguably the greatest in the game, but, you know, we have not had a healthy season, full season from him in such a long time. What do you say to the people out there that are drafting, you know, first, second, third picks, do they go and do they risk going after Christian McCaffrey? Are we actually seeing people skip on this guy, who's possibly a, a future Hall of Famer if he brings it, if he continues to bring it?
2: So I, I, you know, like I mentioned, I've been doing a number of these kind of preseason drafts, and I will say that the overwhelming majority of the number one picks either go Christian McCaffrey or Jonathan Taylor and to me if i'm looking to look you know i'm looking at the marketplace i'm trying to understand what i should do yeah to me i look at jonathan taylor and i'm i think maybe jonathan taylor might have had a peak season last year right mm-hmm. they, had a, they had a quarterback that scared them to throw the ball so he got a ton of volume inside the 10 he got a ton of volume inside the five scored yeah. a lot of touchdowns even got caught a couple of passes to me christian mccaffrey we we know where the ceiling is and the ceiling is you know 25 30 points a game if he's healthy because of how much of that checkdown stuff he gets. Mm-hmm. Now the volatile, or the variable here is Baker to me, but I think if you're evaluating every single running back this year, there are a decent amount of running backs that have a nice ceiling. I just haven't seen too many people step out and go out of, you know, out of line in terms of not taking McCaffrey, not taking Taylor. Now for me, if I wanted to create a hot take in my league, I might look to a guy like Dalvin Cook. Again, Dalvin Cook's been quite consistent. He's always missed a game or two. But we look at a situation where he was on a relatively bad offense last year, still finished as the eleventh guy, and we remember him as having a bad year because he was supposed to be the number two guy yeah. like you're talking about with Christian McCaffrey or Jonathan Taylor. So my advice would be like maybe don't maybe find your way out of those top two picks because I think we generally don't see the number one running back repeat. And I personally, it would give me Great stress to have to rely on Christian McCaffrey staying healthy at this point in his
1: career. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Tough uh, position someone's going to be in when they're uh, first pick overall, second pick overall. So, we'll have some fun before you go. I want to just get your take on it. I'm going to put you on the spot. Let's have some fun. The top three receivers not named, Diggs, Cup, or Adam? Ooh, the
2: top. All right, I will. Uh, I'll. I'll. I'll hot take it. Justin Jefferson, number one wide receiver this year, followed by Cooper. I mean, sorry, you said I couldn't take Cooper. Followed by Jamar Chase, and I'll. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll. I'll. I'll drop an extremely hot take in here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with uh, D.J. Moore. He's Been pretty. Pretty quarterback proof over his career. hasn't hasn't had a, a season uh, under a thousand seventy five yards. I think in the past couple seasons and. I have a feeling Baker's a little bit of an upgrade over Sam Darnold. So, I, I actually think DJ Moore is going to flirt with top five wide receiver this year. I know he said T.D. Lamb earlier, yeah. but as a Giants fan, I can only compliment the Cowboys once.
1: Yeah, uh, I hear you. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave him out of that list. <laughs> that was a shocker and a surprise. I, I'd love to see DJ Moore do his thing this year. Last but not least, let's have some fun. The top three RBs not named Taylor, Henry, or Cook.
2: Not named Henry or uh, Henry Taylor or Cook. You know what? You're gonna. you're I'm gonna ignore uh, Christian McCaffrey in this spot. Okay. I'm gonna ignore Austin Eckler and all his touchdowns. Give me Najee Harris. He could touch the ball 400 times this year. Give me Aaron Jones. Like I said, I think he could be an absolute pass catching dynamo for him them this year. I
1: like it. And like don't
2: it. look now. Complete homer pick. But Saquon Barkley Woo! is going to catch a lot of passes. He's confident. And you saw the way he looked running over people in unpadded practices. I don't care. I'm all in. I think he could catch near 70 balls this year and be an absolute killer
1: in PPR. Wow. You know what? That would be awesome. So we're having two huge giant fans on one broadcast. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, uh, Ryan, please uh, give our love to uh, Sean. And uh, we'll look forward to having you back on. Enjoy Canton, Ohio. Appreciate you spending some time with us.
2: Absolutely, guys. No Big Blue. All (laughs) right, there you go, my
1: man. Ryan Kramer, ladies and gentlemen, Sports Gambling Podcast. Check them out. Totally legit. They know their stuff, man. That's for sure. I could have gone another 30 minutes with Ryan, honestly. All right, more to come. Living the Good Life Show live from Prosper, Texas. By the way, when are we going to get you involved with fantasy you, you are you ready to do it huh little practicing <laughs> all right we'll be right back everyone you. He been me out can't make you happy now usually i put something on TV so we never think about you and me but today I see our reflections clearly in Hollywood Laying on the screen you just need a better life